Welcome to Canadian Equities with Acumen Capital. I am your host, Robert Cooper. Today, we're joined by Jim Kutnikoff, founder, president, and CEO of Secu Solutions Limited. Secu Solutions is in the business of providing essential security solutions that safeguard mission-critical infrastructure and data. They specialize in security product development, managed security service, security training, and specialized security consulting services. Jim is a successful entrepreneur and cybersecurity expert. Today, we will discuss the changing landscape within cybersecurity, where the latest threats are coming from, and some of the trends within the industry. Jim, COVID has changed behavioral patterns with more work from home and less at the office. How has that changed the cybersecurity landscape in terms of how companies have had to adapt to new security threats? Well, that's a great question, Robert. Thanks for having me on. The The pandemic has really changed the way that hackers think. The opportunities have increased immensely over the period of the last two years, specifically as everybody has moved from the corporate office into the home office. As you may imagine, you have people, as a result of the pandemic and being you know, quarantined, so to speak, and cooped up in their homes, they've had to adapt to online practically everything. So now... The person that never used to shop online, maybe it's an elderly person or somebody that's just opposed to using a computer now has really no choice. So they're getting online and they're buying computer systems. They're getting the internet. They're creating these emails. They're creating these online accounts and they're probably doing so with the security of least in mind. So that presents a, a bit of an opportunity for hackers. Now I'm speaking specifically of weak passwords or divulging information through the internet, through email, when per- perhaps a, a more let's say, um, astute or aware person might avoid doing something like that. So a lot more shopping online, a lot more creation of these accounts, a lot of the financial information being shared. And as a consequence, a lot more opportunity for the hackers to develop these phishing emails that they would send out to these people who probably in many cases never had an email before or if they did they didn't use it very often these emails would reach the the phishing emails would reach the inboxes and of course the new user is looking at this email going i wonder what this is about it looks legit because a lot of hackers use great skills when they're developing these and they fall victim whether it be ID theft, whether it be ransomware or those type of things. So it really has changed from a, from a retail slash public user or home user base. It's really changed the, the lay of the land. It's even done more so for the corporate environment. Of course, while a employee is working in the corporation under the relative security of the infrastructure, likely they have an IT person that's minding the shop, so to speak, from a security perspective. That's not the same case when they move to home. When they move to home, that sets up a lot of other challenges. So now you're taking the whole the laptop that you've been you know given from the company. In many cases, you're going to use your home computer. So you've taken that laptop home, you plug it in, you open it up, you connect to the corporation's email system or through their into their internal system. So now you're exchanging information of a corporate nature sometimes very sensitive information, leaving that information essentially exposed to the the hostile environment that the hackers live in. Again, unprotected by that 
corporate environment where there's likely a policy, where there's likely some technical provision, whether it be spam filters, whether it be some type of exterior perimeter monitoring system, you're really left on your own in many cases, opening up that playing field for the hackers to essentially dive in and, and try their try their hand at phishing uh, people where previously they might not have had that opportunity. The threat landscape for corporations has changed over the past number of years. Where were the primary threats coming from then and where are they most acute now? The threats continue to be through email, the use of email, right? So ransomware, phishing, that type of thing. People that are intent on hacking a corporation for the purpose of financial gain or some other intent, um, it's never really changed. And these hackers are intent on getting that information. So they're going to use any way that they can to pick the corporation's locks. That could be a phishing email. It could be a hacker trying to break in from the exterior inward. But I think primarily the the biggest concern or let's see the most uh, talked about and probably used technique would be phishing. Phishing emails are, are more common today than they ever have been. In fact, they're increasing. So, you know, the reason for that is is quite simple. When you think about it, most everybody has an email and maybe one, two or dozens a day, the probability of slipping one by un- unknowingly th- to a user, whether it be a phishing email or ransomware attack, it, the probability is there. It's just a numbers game. There's more emails out there than there are networks to hack. So the probability is is more stronger on the phishing attack than there would be on a a backend attack on a system or web application. Corporations are certainly under attack. They'll be continuing to be attacked as, as you know, the numbers grow and the opportunities grow along with it. The IoT or Internet of Things for us non-tech guys is both a huge opportunity for efficiency and productivity gains, but also a threat because it is another vector by which cyber criminals can penetrate to business or consumer. How has the business evolved to work on protecting against threats arising from IoT? So the Internet of Things is something that is a joy to a hacker and a nightmare to an IT administrator. So any company that does not have a policy that would dictate what IoT devices are able to connect to the corporate network, they're asking for trouble. So this policy doesn't exist. I have an IoT advice. I want to bring it to work for convenience sake or whatever reason I connect to the corporate network. I've introduced a potentially another entrance point into that network because IoT, they don't follow, let's just say they're in hurry to get their product to market. So the, the security checks and balances that a company might do that's producing an application or a, a piece of hardware might spend a lot of time in security, making sure that that device is secure. But unfortunately, it's not always the way with IoT devices. So they'll go out, they'll be connected to the corporate network or the home network. And they're by virtue of the way that they've been designed, they're weak. And, and hackers know this, so they're often exploited. So can you imagine if you took a device to work, hooked it up without permission, or there was no policy that would dictate that you couldn't, 
you've connected that device to the network hacker comes by and accesses your iot devices use that to gain further access into your internal network you can imagine the rest it's it's a very serious problem in corporate it one of the only ways that you can you know really limit that is by virtue of entry points into the network in either internally or externally. So having a policy that limits the connection or the connectability of these random IoT devices is one of the best steps that you can take. Can you walk us through the difference between a vulnerability assessment and just a regular run-of-the-mill penetration test? And what should companies really be looking for? Is it both or one or the other? Yeah, so I'll first start by describing, I think it's very important for your listeners to understand the difference between a vulnerability assessment and a penetration test, because the the gap there is larger than the Grand Canyon. When customers say, we want a test, we want a, a security check, or we want to scan, or they use those terms loosely. What mostly they're talking about is a vulnerability assessment. So vulnerability assessment, first and foremostly, is a is a a is a piece of the puzzle that most ethical hackers or pen testers will use as a as a stepping stone into further exploitation of of the network via manual exploitation of a, of a particular uh, vulnerability it is likened and i use this analogy a lot so you have a building you have a guard man that guard man has a whiteboard and a pencil behind his ear he's walking around the outside of that building he's looking at the doors he's giving it an appraisal from 10 feet away looking at the door it looks pretty shoddy the hinges on it look pretty rusty that window over there looks pretty rickety i bet you one you know shove could probably open it looking at the lights in the in the entranceway there are none it's out these type of things right so he's making notes he's going to file a report that report is given to the to the management and then they act upon it a pen test is taking that information and moving it one step forward so instead of just observing that door from a distance you're actually going up to the door you're giving that doorknob a pull and a push and you're trying to shake the door off the hinges once you've done that then you move into the building and you start to go from room to room and opening drawers and looking for specific information or or things that you would like to steal so to speak so there's a very very big difference the biggest difference is is taking a vulnerability that you suspect that door that looks like it's you know going to come falling off its, its hinges and then actually trying to make it fall off the hinges that's exploitation that's taking a vulnerability that was there and then trying to act on that vulnerability trying to push it to the limits there's the biggest difference between a vulnerability assessment or a scan and a pen test finally jim where can interested clients or prospective clients find you to talk about their cyber needs well, they can call me directly, email, they can arrange a 30-minute uh, free consultation through our site, Robert. Um, it's really easy, just book appointment, book to pick a topic. My team are, are fantastic, fantastic people, very proud to work with them, and we have a lot of great customers and happy customers. So yeah, um, through the website, email direct, phone call, smoke signal, <laughs> I don't care, any way you like Jim Kutnikoff of Secu Solutions, thank for, thanks for joining us today on Canadian Equities. You're very welcome, Robert. Thanks for the opportunity. Note that this podcast is not making an investment recommendation on any companies discussed. We welcome your comments on today's episode or any other episode. Connect with us at acumencapital.com.